Section 19 of Birds and Nature, Volume 12, Number 5, December 1902. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nima. Winter Visitors for several years i have been interested in birds i have watched them through the glad nesting time of spring have sought their quiet retreats in summer and have heard their far-away calls as they moved southward in the dark cold misty evenings of autumn but for the first time i have succeeded in bringing them near enough to study them in winter on the ledge of a second-story window out of the reach of cats a wide shelf is fastened and above it the branch of a dead cherry tree is securely wired to a shutter on the shelf i scatter scraps from the table and shelled corn to the branch a long piece of suet is always bound with a cord this is my free lunch table spread for all my bird friends who wish to come they have accepted the invitation beyond my expectation and have fully repaid me for all the trouble it has been to prepare for them in the pleasure their company gives me i sit just inside the window and they appear not to notice me so that i have an excellent opportunity to note their peculiarities the one that comes every day and all day is the tufted titmouse he comes down with a whirr looks sharply about with his bright black eyes, then takes a taste of the suet or marrow, and sometimes carries a crumb away. It is hard to tell how many of them come, as they all look so much alike. Not more than two or three ever come at once. A pair of downy woodpeckers are constant visitors at the meat table. They seldom come together, but sometimes it is the male with his bright red head spot sometimes the female in her plain black and white stripe she is very plain indeed and somewhat more shy than her mate if an english sparrow comes to the shelf while either of them is on the branch it quickly drops down beside him as if to say see here you are out of place and the sparrow leaves without a taste of the good things occasionally a winter wren with his comical tail and delicate manners calls on his way somewhere and makes a pleasing variety in the appearance of the visitors he eats all he needs of the bread-crumbs before leaving unless some sudden movement within startles him the blue jays are the most persistent and least welcome of all their plumage is beautiful viewed at such close range but their actions are not pleasing they flop down near the window and look in turning the head from side to side as if suspecting some enemy there the slightest sound sends them back to the trees but they soon return and eat as if they were starved driving their bills into the meat with quick hard strokes or grabbing at the corn in a nervous famishing way after eating a few grains they fill their mouths and carry it away to hide for future emergencies i have seen them hide it in an old gatepost 
or drive it down in the crevices of trees they carry away more than they eat and probably never find half of it again for they have no special hiding place but they tuck it in wherever they see a convenient place it is somewhat provoking to have the table cleared in this way unless it is always watched for the corn is spread especially for the cardinals whose brilliant colour is such a delight to the eye amid the sombre colours of winter there is one blue jay with a drooping wing we call him our bird with a broken pinion he appears to have no difficulty in getting to the table and his appetite is not impaired but possibly as butterworth says he will never soar so high again a pair of cardinals come and partake of the corn with a grace and dignity befitting their royal apparel they do not hurry nor worry but eat slowly and stay until they have enough they are very quiet now but their spring song will repay me for all the corn they will eat but of all that come none are more interesting than the chickadee he surely merits all the bright sweet things that have been said or written about him he is the only one that utters a note of thanksgiving for his daily bread before he begins to eat then he has such gentle confiding ways Today the ground is covered with the deep sleet-encrusted snow. The trees are all ice-bound, and it must be one of the most disheartening days the bird world ever knows. Yet just now at four o'clock, two chickadees are singing their good-night song outside my window. In a few minutes they will be snugly tucked away in some wayside inn, some sheltered nook prepared by Mother Nature, where they will sleep away one more cold night to awaken one day nearer the joyous springtime carolyn h parker end of section nineteen